human beings of the world, it's time to enter the spoilerverse through our secret portal at the beautiful Arctic Club in downtown Seattle. Ladies and gentlemen, with our hosts John, Kenrick and Casey, it's time to enter Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on scpod.net. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Today, I'm not going to do this overexcited intro that we always do. I'm just going to say, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan, and that right over there is is uh, Mr. Horsley. And today's episode is a little yep. special. Not really. I don't, can we say special, Johnny? It's we can say special. It's special and it's a little serious, a little more serious. A little than more serious. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, uh, especially with COVID nineteen running rampant. Everybody's yeah. self quarantining. Hopefully, you're drinking your quarantinis and maybe having a Corona with some lime and trying to make a light of it. And I think people are making light of it yeah. because it's so overbearing that if you don't make light of it, it could really control everything you're doing. Well, like, man, I just, just today, today's, you know, Saturday, March 28th. And you're going to, you're hearing this on Monday, March 30th. And just today, we're looking at, looking at the news, the number of deaths in the U S have doubled. Yeah. It's scary. Which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it's this, every day I look at this, I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm staying home. You I know? just, and, and I just it, don't believe that it's just with people with underlying conditions. I think. Yeah. No, an it, infant died in Illinois today. Oh man. I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That's so, I mean, sucks. it's scary. Yeah. And it's affecting the whole world. Um, it is. One of the things that we do here is we talk a lot with comic book creators, uh, web comic creators, animators, uh, actors, directors, producers, composers, all we try to run the gambit, but yeah. our heart and our soul started with comic books and it probably always will be in the comic book industry. And right now, comic book stores are not deemed essential. So if we're going through a quarantine and on lockdown, those stores are just really closed. Hurting. Yeah. They're hurting. You know, and a lot of them are closed. Bad. Uh, some of them are remaining, trying to remain open to the point of if you drive up, we'll walk the books out to your car for you. Curbside service. Yeah. But even yeah. that is getting hard because some people are scared, right? You don't want to give COVID-19 to somebody on accident and you don't want to get it on accident. You know, yeah, it's scary stuff. Yeah, and then, and then there's the real thing of some of these stores are probably going to go under, which sucks because these are mom and pop. Some aren't. Yeah, some won't reopen. Yep, <clears throat> and that's sad. That's super sad because there's there's already a shortage of comic books around the country, and this is going to make them even even smaller. You know. Yeah, and one of the things uh, we've had, well, one of the things, one of the people that we've had on our show uh, quite a few times, actually, I think this is his eighth time. Today, right? Or yeah, is, is it number, number eight today, yeah. Number eight, and it's Frank Gogol, and he is an independent creator. Uh, his last book, uh, series of books called Dead End Kins, Dead End Kins, Dead End Kids, uh, set the world on fire. It really did. It sold out everywhere. It I did. mean, he sold out in Midtown Comics in downtown New York City, which is unheard of. 
I mean, in a, from the source point press, he has a new one coming out. The end of hope well, whenever this all blows over, uh, no heroin, yep. which looks really good. And, uh, you know, he joined us to talk about COVID-19 and the effect on the industry Yep, and the state of everything going on right now. So, you know, maybe take this time to, to take a listen and come up with ways that you think you can help a comic book store, your local LCS and reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, those tends to be the biggest ones that we're on, uh, but we're available on, on the ones that you like. So if you're on Instagram and that's how you want to get a hold of us, go there and tell us what you think. Or better yeah. yet, comment on this episode on scpod.net or spoilerverse.com. Yeah, that'll work too. All right. So let's get into it. Let's hear Yeah, let's hear us in our own words. Again to another episode of Spoiler Country. My name is Casey Allen, and today we have a special treat for you. It's actually not just Casey Allen. It is Casey Allen, Kenrick Regan, Jonathan Horsley, or John Horsley, whatever the fuck his it's name no, is. No the, Jonathan. It's Jay. Jonathan. It's Jay. And yeah, uh, writer of Dead End Kids, writer of No Heroin, Frank Gogol. Spoiler country silver medalist, apparently. <laughs> Actually, you're a bronze medalist. Uh, there's more than one person ahead of you. So oh. yeah, you're tied. Oh. You're actually actually you're tied for fourth, to be fair. Listen, when when you're in last place, you can see all the targets in front of you. That's right. I, you're, you're by no far in last place, but your place, but you're tied for fourth. So there you go. <laughs> Olympics are canceled. What does it matter? <laughs> right. The world's canceled. Nothing's happening. Oh, crazy. The world is nuts right now. Yeah, right. Yes. It is. And that's that's why I hit Casey up to talk about it. Yeah. What's going on with Diamond? So, uh, well, well let, let, let's let's get into that. So that's the stage. Um right right now things are obviously not well. If if you're listening to this in the future, um I hope our alien overlords have been able to save us and uh, get us out of this mess with coronavirus. Um, I hope that uh, everybody is nice and safe. And um, I hope that uh, the uh, new season of Westworld is as good as I think it's going to be. But um, as far as anything else goes, uh, the coronavirus has just devastated the American economy so much so that uh, the small businesses and even the larger businesses have had to shut down the staple industry um, or the staple business for the comic industry being uh, diamond distributors has had to shut down for the time being. They are not accepting new comics from publishers, meaning that the comic shops are not able to get new comics in this is a big problem. This is going to hurt everybody. This is going to hurt the artists and writers behind the books. This is going to hurt the companies themselves and the editors. This is going to hurt comic book shops, especially hard. And we're really, you know, really worried about those people. So as, as of a few days ago, Eric Stevenson, he is the uh, CEO of image comics released a letter to, uh, basically an open letter to Marvel and DC. And uh, he goes on to say that 
we're all living through a moment of momentous change as we struggle to deal with the effects of COVID-19. We can't simply pretend it's business as usual. Few of us has escaped, have escaped the damage the rapid spread of this virus has had on our businesses, our relationships, our everyday lives. We're all frightened by the long-term implications of such a major health crisis. But more than that, we're all grappling with the fear that always comes with the immediate future is not only bleak, but uncertain. This is kind of scary. So um, as he goes on, he's saying that uh, image is now making changes they're not um they're making all new products on foc for the first 60 days returnable uh and this is just for the time being and we are prepared to extend that as as necessity dictates they're canceling all non-essential releases like second printings and reprints uh they're offering offering suggestions to diamond for ways to mitigate the impact of this crisis on retailers threatened by mandatory store closures this is probably you know talking to nobody now because diamond is like like we said, they're not shipping anything out. Uh, and as of a few days ago, they started looking at ways to reschedule and stagger the release of their comics, trade paperbacks, and graphic novels so that they're not pumping product in the marketplace at a time when retailers and consumers alike are dealing with financial struggle for an indeterminate amount of time. Now he's basically putting the ball in Marvel and DC's court and hoping that they do anything. Um, so far, Marvel has kind of given a lukewarm half-assed response. And uh, as of this afternoon, DC has not really said anything in response to uh, the publisher, Eric Stevenson from image comics. So this is where we're at right now. I got a question. What is F O C? I can answer that. Yeah, right. Yeah, being, being a comic Yeah, uh, FOC is final order cutoff. So there are a couple of milestones when you are publishing a comic. Uh, there's when it's in previews. So it's the beginning of the month that it is in the previews catalog. So, for example, since it's super timely, uh, my new book, No Heroin, number one, is in previews in April. That catalog dropped today. Um, so that book comes out in June. The previews catalog comes out three months before. Uh, so that's the first milestone. Second milestone is IOC, initial order cutoff. That is the end of the first month. So the end of April will be the initial order cutoff for No Heroin number one. And then FOC is final order cutoff. Um, initial order cutoff is when shops do most of their ordering, sort of get their numbers. Final order cutoff is kind of like uh, if a book heats up and you want to adjust your numbers and order more or if like you get the read a copy and like, Oh fuck, this sucks. I need to order way less. Um, like that's your opportunity. You're, you're sort of, you know, last chance to, to alter your numbers in any significant way. Um, and FOC is about 21 days before shelf date. Uh, so three weeks. Oh, interesting. I, I never knew that. I didn't know how that, you know, I never knew how it actually operate cause I never worked in a comic book store. So I never, uh, saw that. And it's, it's not honestly very relevant. Um, there are very few publishers are true FOC publishers. Uh, Marvel and DC are the two big ones. Um, smaller publishers uh, like SourcePoint Press, who put out No Heroin, don't actually publish on FOC. Um, if I, uh, essentially, like, you know, FOC is like 
when they cap the print run and then, you know, there will be none left, but for a smaller publisher, that's going to do somewhat of an overprint. Um, they will continue to have copies until they run out. So if you want to order a copy three months later and it's in stock in this publisher's warehouse, you can still get it. Whereas like absolute carnage number one, it's like when they're sold out, they're gone. And like, it's usually very quickly. So you're putting out a book right now during all of this. God, I hope so. Yeah. So what is your thought process? What has source point press told you, you know, what do you think is going on with all this? I've got like a lot of thoughts and, and, and some things that like, I think are kind of important to put out there. Um, from my personal point of view, uh, I'm sort of taking the, the Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, uh, kind of approach to it. Like till such a time as the world stops spinning, you know, I'm going to keep, keep acting like it's going to keep spinning. Right. Like, Casey talked about the Diamond news, um, and just to add a little more context to that, so Diamond as a company has not shut down. Diamond warehouses have shut down, and they have stopped receiving product. And there's there's like the distinction there. Like Diamond is, as a company, still functioning, um, and and they are hopefully, and they say they are working towards figuring out solutions, um, and that they're they're sort of dedicating their time and energy to that right now. Today or tomorrow no april 1st next week is the last day that uh diamond will receive new product um and i think today was the last day that they had new product shipped to stores i might have that timeline a little wrong but it's in the next week or two that both of those things are happening um so that, that's creating a couple problems uh obviously shops not getting product is a huge problem right like new product is the main driver of sales on a week-to-week basis and comic shops essentially live paycheck to paycheck wednesday to wednesday for the vast majority of shops so not having new product is hugely problematic for the entire industry because even stores that aren't forced closed, like California shops where I live or uh, New York, New Jersey shops, uh, I think Illinois is forced closed right now, but shops in Alabama, which is not, I believe, under uh, lockdown yet, if you can correct me, Casey. Yeah, it, um, so, it depends on where you're at. But your, your comic shops could possibly still be functioning as normal right now. But but you're not getting any new product next Wednesday. No, not at all. So it's not really functioning as normal. Um, the other problem is, and I I mean I don't want to speak ill of Diamond, so please don't don't take this the wrong way. But um, Diamond has created, at least I perceive, a, a a huge problem in that if they're not taking books into the warehouse starting on April 1st. Because of the pre-order system that I just outlined, things being pre-ordered two months before they come out, like there are books that uh, that are literally on the ocean right now in freighters coming from Korea and China and, and other places where they're printed that are going to get denied at the warehouse and they're going to sit in customs and publishers could potentially be racking up fines for for taking up space on on the ports and stuff like that um and it and as far as i can tell as far as i've seen there's no sort of contingency plan for for what that looks like like there's there's at least two weeks if not four weeks worth of product that will be inbound and will be not able to enter the warehouses and then won't want to be distributed so like that's that's a really big problem does does this highlight or put a shine on the fact that diamond is the only distributor out there that maybe having some more smaller ones local to people or at least in different areas of the country might alleviate this type of stress? I think in this situation that that's that's probably not true. And, I'll, and right, the, right. Re- the, reason, the reason in this situation specifically is because this is global. 
Um, right. Like it doesn't matter what distributor you use. If you print in China, you're not getting books right now. And and how each distributor would hypothetically react to that situation could you know determine a series of other outcomes that are different than what Diamond is doing right now. But you know the the global economy is is halted at right now in a lot of ways, and that's not Diamond's fault. And I feel like like I mean Diamond has its share of issues that it creates and and things it needs to work on for retailers and stuff like that. Like I. I'll say that all day long, but this isn't a problem that they've created. I don't think like not this specifically. No. Yeah. I didn't think that it's not, obviously this is not their fault, <laughs> but yeah. the fact that, you know, they really kind of have a monopoly stranglehold on. The yeah, no, they they definitely, definitely are skirting antitrust uh, type stuff. Uh, but at the same time, like, Another distributor could come along and 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 try, and they, and that's happened before. There was a distributor out of New Jersey, uh, where I where I grew up, um, in the '90s uh, when comics were really booming, and and they just they couldn't get the contracts. Like, I mean, the 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 monopoly is not a, a true monopoly. It's a, a monopoly in the sense that they've got all the business, it's, but they don't control all the business. Marvel can say, "I don't want to distribute with you anymore," since they're like a middleman company. Like, it doesn't really constitute a monopoly in a way it's just that like everybody works with them yeah it'd be like right. a dry cleaner getting all the all the business like it's not like they're the only dry cleaner they're the one getting all the business yeah i've been thinking about everything and, and how do you how do you support your local comic book store right now you know i like marv wolfman put a thing out saying why don't you call your local guy give him your credit card buy all your books and then pick them up when everything's over but is that is that doable? I also heard some some really good ideas about just uh, getting gift cards uh, that will you know help them through the the dry months or weeks or whatever, and then you know hey when all this is over you've got a few gift cards you can take to the store and get whatever you want and then you know also your new comics that are coming yeah. up because you're not able to do your monthly pull anyway you might as well. Um, Go ahead and give them the money you you can while you can, and then uh, See, collect in, your comics. In my mind, the cynic in me says you're taking a chance because if they can't make it through, like say this goes on for another month, two months, three months, we're into August, and we're still dealing with this rapid succession of COVID nineteen, then you know you're you're might be feeding into something that's bound to fail right away. You know, can't make it through that those lean months, and the cynic in me says that. the 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 comic book lover in me says, no, no, no. I'm giving as much as I can bear to help those guys out because I don't want them going anywhere. I still have a pull list now going on since 2014 at the same comic book store. I don't want to lose that, you know. And part of me feels like instead of getting anything for the future, why not buy from them now? Most com- local comic book store, most of them, not all of them. We had some ones that only did new product and they didn't carry back issues but a lot of them have a ton of trade paperbacks that are for sale graphic novels and a lot of back issues so maybe it's a good time to to get you know to fill in those gaps that you might have on some runs that you love yeah or just be like hey here's i got 50 bucks i can spare just give me 50 dollars worth of graphic novels you think i might like and i'll pick and mail them to me or hold them for me or whatever this is what i can do because really at this point it's not about what you're buying it's about the fact that you're just trying to help the shop in a time of need because I don't know. I would just be like, hey, give me something you think I'll like. Here's what I like to read. I don't, I don't, if I'm doing this to help out a shop, calling and buying stuff, I really don't 
care too much what I'm buying at that point, which is yeah. kind of, you know, not good to say, but I really don't because it's going to be more about the, I want to help the shop to make sure they have some income coming in and, you know, just give me whatever books are, you know, come out of it. That's fine. You know? So th- this is actually something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like, um, I'm not, at least today, like, I mean, we're, we're maybe two weeks into this right now. I'm not sure that there's like a one size fits all answer. And I think that's part of the problem. Um, so like one of the things we have to recognize about the comic industry that it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not franchised like McDonald's or, or like a, a supermarket. It is literally 3000 mom and pop shops that are run, you know, sort of customized to each shop. Um, and some shops don't carry new product. They thrive ex- exclusively on back issues. Some are only new books, like you were describing. Some are sort of boutique bookstores and really thrive on on trades and and, and the book market type stuff. So like you know, it's, there's 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 a level of like customization that you need per comic shop by by like how they function. Um, the other problem, and that's complicating this even further, is is that there's sort of at least three different scenarios that that are complicating the, those different kinds of shops. There are shops that can't be open and can't function at all, regardless of, of you know whatever intentions you have. There are shops that can semi-function, you know, offer curbside or 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 delivery or you know um, mail order. And then there are shops that are functioning as normal right now, um, as, as we were talking about a minute ago. But like, you know, anyone who knows anything about sort of exponential math is right. Like the more sort of different variables you have, the the exponentially larger number of solutions you're going to need in this. And like I said, it's, it's probably going to have to be custom by shop. So without giving a blanket option, there are definitely some high level things that everybody can be doing. Um, and then. But the most important thing that I think anyone can be doing right now is is just reaching out to their specific shop and the owner and saying, "Hey, what 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 can I do to help you right now?" Um, like, there's there's no one size fit all answer to saving the comics industry. Like, and and I don't know that the comics industry needs saving specifically. Like, I I'm not gonna go doom and gloom on this. Like, I'm pretty cautiously optimistic, and we can talk about why in a minute. But like my shop right here in San Francisco, Mission Comics and Art. They can't be open right now, um, and and my shop owner Leaf, he's he's taking this very seriously. Like he doesn't even want to risk doing curbside or delivery to keep business afloat, if it means that he might give you know COVID to 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 a customer or catch it himself and then give it to somebody else. I mean, like yeah, that's like a real possibility. Yeah, it's literally life and death. Yeah, I so like there's that, there's a risk factor too. Yeah, I think that. People are going to have to get really creative, which, I mean, as people that run comic book shops, I'm sure they're they're super creative anyway. But I also think that it's almost incumbent upon some of the creators as well, the comic book creators in the industry, to kind of uh, rally the troops and uh, maybe help help them out in some way. Uh, People would pay for signed edition of comics. People would, um, you know, you could, you could get people to drop drop a dime on some original art or something like that. Little things like that, I think, would go a long way in helping to uh, save these stores that we know and love. Right now, when they're they're actually closed and people are scared to get out, it's not going to do a damn bit of good. Um, because uh, you, 
you got to actually get asses in the store first. Which you can't do if there's no new product, which starting tomorrow there exactly. won't be. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, and, and so this is this is a terrible situation, and, like, you know, I, I'm not denying that, but I am trying to be aware of the positive um, and, and sort of in real time, and I think that there's already a net positive effect. It's definitely not outweighing, outweighing the bad, but, there, like, some of the things that I have perceived as a creator and a fan over the you know course of my time in comics uh, that that were room for improvement type things um, is that a lot of comic shops are not in the 21st century. The best ones definitely are. Like they're using things like Comic Hub, which is incredible. It's a super powerful tool for most comic shops. A lot of people are adopting Facebook Live and, and doing live streams and, and sort of regularized type stuff like that. And like those shops prior to this were thriving. For sure. Um, and they're the ones who are doing best right now. A lot of shops that weren't doing those kinds of things and weren't implementing things like Comic Cup are now as measures to survive. And I think that, you know, the ones that are left over after this and are still using these tools and, and, and using new ways to reach new people are going to do better than they did before. It's kind of like when you burn down the forest and like it grows back more lush later. But like, yeah, the forest is still on fire right now. And like, I'm, I'm also very aware of that. There, there is things out there that, well, you know, comic book shops could do. Like one I go to is ran by a name, guy named Russ Bright. His last name is very indigenous to who he is. He's a very bright man. And him and his buddy started the YouTube channel Comic Tom 101. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen that. Uh, I am but, familiar. Uh, what's that? I am familiar. Yeah, and they they kind of blew up, and now he makes most he does most of his business online, like he has a lot of virtual poll lists, and and with Diamond's new virtual poll that they have, where you can actually go onto Diamond, pick the the books that you want, and then he just ships them out for him. So for him, this has uh, been, I mean, obviously it's affecting everybody, uh, but it's definitely a, I think people should take that. And take this opportunity, I mean, maybe try to turn it into an opportunity as best as you can, as crazy this all is. I feel like I'm in a, I'm, I feel like I'm literally in a sci-fi movie. Um, yeah, no, it feels that way. Yeah, but maybe think about business in a different way and doing more, try to get more stuff online, like uh, not just eBay, but creating your own opportunities with people. And one way is doing that online, because really, if you think about it, Comic Tom 101 is just a big advertisement for his comic book store. Sure. Well, I mean, why do you think I keep coming on Spoiler Country? It's con- yeah. so commercial. I mean, not to be very genuine. I, mean, I like coming on and talking to you guys, but like the adoption of new media, podcasts, YouTube channels. Um, I, I, I don't know what the other ones are. Blogs, shit like that. Like, I mean, like that's it's it's innovative and it, and it brings a new audience. It is also a ton of work. Um, and it, it is a, an acquired skill set. Um, like I have thought many times that I would like to do my own podcast. I'm like, do I really want to sit here and learn how to fucking edit it? Like, no, <laughs> I want it to be, I want it to be easy. And I also don't want it to take away from the main point, which for me is making comics. So anytime a, a, a comic shop owner says, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. That's great and all, but that's like five hours less a week that you're not actually doing selling comics. But Frank, we can just set up a series with you and you can just come on here and do a series. <laughs> Frank, and we just, and you can promote that as your, podcast oh i can't i can't wait to do frank talks politics on Dude, that's oh, there you go 
Ben Templesmith on, and he we totally talk politics Let's with do him. Do it. Ben and I are good buddies, and good. No, and I he's got some fuck. I mean, I he and I are fairly lined up, but he's got some really extreme views. Yeah, he was great, man. When I asked him, does he think that the fall of the Greek banking system was a direct cause of Brexit being to happen? He didn't know what to. He was like, "Wait, what? Where am I?" <laughs> That was, was a fun show. And he's yeah, the but, only guy. Well, him and uh, J.M. Straczynski kind of did it to me, too. But he, every time I talk to Ben, he makes me, um, you know what, for lack of a better term, nervous. Like I get all I, flustered. Get all yeah, flustered. I get all flustered. And I don't get flustered with people. But for some reason with him, I always get flustered because he's very sarcastic in subtle ways. Oh, he, well, he's dry. Like, you don't yeah. know that he's being sarcastic. Yeah, no, ben, Ben's good like that. And, and you know what? Like, I had... Uh, I got introduced to him because uh, a retailer did a dead end kids cover with him last year. And, and like, that's how I got connected with him. And he did a cover for us for no heroin that hasn't been announced yet. So spoilers. Um, but uh, yeah. And I, I've met him in person and like, I own the original art from that dead end kids cover now. And, like he and I are real friendly, like we email and we, we, we text and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, talking to him is a trip because like, I mean, he's kind of a superstar. Like, he's probably one of the closest, like, celebrity level comics artists that, like, I know on a personal level. And, like, when I first met him, I was like, you know, kind of fangirling a little bit. And I don't do that. Yeah. Um, but now I pay him and I'm like, come on, Ben. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. Things have changed for, for yeah. old Frank. Shoes on the other foot now, buddy. <laughs> I'm wearing both of them now. Ben's got no shoes. <laughs> Kid ben, oh, it's kidding. If you hear this, I'm kidding. <laughs> I still fear you so, so much. Uh, where do you think Frank is gonna? When you put on your writer's cap, you're writing some sci-fi. We're going through this massive change in our society, and 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 I don't think there's any other way to say this, but I think this is a bigger thing for. Specifically for America, because we're all Americans here, so it's hard to see what's. Go- I mean, Italy's going through just the the shit right now, and I and I hate even thinking what they're going through. But how do you feel society is going to change after all this is done? Because like nine eleven, everything shifted, right? Like travel was completely different, and it's still different because of nine eleven. And I kind of feel like this is a bigger change than even that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know sort of to not answer the question. I think it's kind of like a fool's errand to even try and anticipate it, right? Like who on September 10th could have imagined like what September 12th would have looked like, or even September 11th to the 12th, like, um, and, and the ramifications for, you know, March 25th, 2020, like it's, I, I, I mean, yes, things will definitely be different. Um, and you mentioned nine 11 and that's definitely, you know, being a 32 year old, um, like that's one of my big points of reference. I grew up in New Jersey across the Bay from the South tip of Manhattan where the world trade center was. And like, you know, when I got out of school on September 11th, I could walk up to the beach in my town and look North and see what was happening. Um, so like, that's a very real thing for me. But, um, I also was talking to Casey about this before we started recording. Um, one of my other frames of reference is hurricane Sandy. Um, like the experience after that was like very surreal in that, uh, I mean the whole, the experience of the storm itself was like a week of like being sheltered indoors and, and, and not knowing what was going on and like 
not having power for four days, not knowing like if we were going to be able to go get food. Like, I mean, like it's pretty terrifying. Like, and that for me feels all like where we're at right now. Um, but the the worst part, honestly, was when everything was over and like you saw the new landscape and like didn't know what was going to sort of grow out of it. Right. Like those first few days after Hurricane Sandy, like when we could come outside and like see the wreckage and and like there still wasn't any power and the reliance at all the food stores um, and like it just is a lot of a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. Um, one thing that's absolutely for sure, and this is this is true for comics and like, you know the country at large is that things like this tend to reveal sort of the chinks in the armor or the cracks in the armor. Um, you know, clearly the American economy, like regardless of what your politics are, like clearly the infrastructure is not there to support something like this. Like you can't close down an entire state and expect mom and pop stores to come by or get by but also not have like a, like a stimulus cushion for that. If this is how you're going to run capitalism, um, the same, you know, we need to have infrastructure for things like, like contagious diseases and viruses. You know, like I don't care what your politics are. Like we were in a better position for that kind of stuff a few years ago and we're in a worse position now. And that's completely because of decisions that were made to, to cut funding and, and remove, you know, safeguards we had and we can't do stuff like that we need to invest in that kind of infrastructure um for comics specifically i think like we're gonna see diamond is gonna have to change the way it does business publishers are gonna have to change the way they do business um for the readers who come back like you know they're gonna have to adapt to whatever it is if they want to keep reading comics we might not see weekly comics like the same way after this like it, we might finally make the jump to quarterly trades or something like that something that's less collectible but more you know story driven and 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 like schedulable like like manga yeah we've talked to so many creators and one of the biggest things that i've seen was like tim seeley hack slash he sold quite a few of his of hack slash when it came out you know and he's done some reprints, but he has far and away sold more trade paperbacks of Hackslash. Like it's not even a contest with the amount he sold as a trade paperback, and it just keeps selling. And they're like on their 18th printing of doing a trade paperback of the volume one of Hackslash, and it yeah. just keeps selling thousands and thousands and thousands of copies. Well, how and, do you think Robert Kirkman feels? Yeah, well, right. Well, well, I, Dead and Kids One sold more copies than Walking Dead number one, but Robert Kirkman's probably a hundred times millionaire, and I'm not. So, you know, the, the <laughs> trade is where it's at. Yet, not yet. But I wonder if that's going to be like the norm. You know, trades. Like, hey, I, we're going to yeah, gonna off and I think what's going to happen. I, I think a lot of things are going to go digital, right? I think a lot of things. I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of things are going to move towards digital for like single issues and stuff like that towards yeah. that's going to be more of the focus than it was before because uh, things have been trending that way anyways before this whole COVID shit. Um, but it's see after this, it's going to be one, an easier way for people to get their books each month or each week or however long. And then the trades can come out of the, or the, or the quarterly is going to come out as you mentioned there, Frank, uh, you know, they're going to buy that to collect it or whatever. I mean, I'm all for, I like, I like the idea of quarterly books personally, or like collected books to come out, you know, every other month or whatever. But I mean, the, 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 then the, the caveat to all that is, is if, if things do trend or push more digital, how does that help the comic book shops, right? Unless the comic book shops can then, you can buy your digital stuff through your local comic shop to support them as well as your trades or whatever. But 
you know, unless there's something to help the comic shops there and things do trend digital, um, that's just more of a ham- more of a dampering on them, you know, staying open with the single issues, you know, going down or going away. Well, I'm I'm gonna if, if I could you know keep hogging in the mic, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. Um, I don't I don't foresee digital having any kind of like long term like long tail gain from this. Um, yeah. Digi- people were pretty scared of digital, like in you know the print publishing world. Um, but honestly, like I, I mean, I know this anecdotally from working at SourcePoint as the person who does their digital comics, um, but also just from working in the industry. I mean, the digital comics make up ten or less percent of of most publishers' revenue streams, and for the most part, it's less than that. And that is not trending up; it's trending down. Um, I think the the market for digital publishing of comics is just it's it's not the same as like a Kindle book, like because nobody's collecting Nora Smith novels or whatever the same way they're collecting Spider Man issues. Um, I think that in the short term we'll definitely see um, more people adopting uh, digital because it's what's going to be available, like while no product is coming in. But I think over time we're not going to see digital. I, I don't know that digital is ever going to supplant print in any meaningful way um especially since like the the main revenue stream is brick and mortar stores that need a physical thing to sell um right so i i I don't know about that um and then like as much as i i think the industry should move towards that quarterly model like i look at somebody like tko like who's sort of offering the gamut on everything all at once and and there's definitely like some some arguments to be made about flaws in the model and like how adoptable it is. But I I mean I like the thinking. Um, like you sort of hit all your segments. Like digital readers get what they need. Collectors have an option, and people who just want to read the trade have what they need. Um, part of the problem is that comics are essentially about making money off of the same thing multiple times. Um, I mean, you think about it like a single issue comes out and six single issues come out and they create an arc and you collect that as a trade. And then like, you know, 12 issues come out and you get two trades and you put those together and you get a hardcover. And then when you have two hardcovers, you put them together and you get an omnibus. And it's about repackaging the same content over and over and again. And that's where comics become profitable. Like single issues usually lose money for for Marvel and DC. But when they can sell the omnibus for 100 bucks later... Like they, they net. And I mean, like, think of like something like fantastic Four omnibus, like those, those books were made for like pennies on the dollar when you account for inflation and they're still making hundreds of thousands of dollars off of the same content, 50, 60 years later. Um, so, I mean, just as a vehicle for, for being the first, um, capital gain on on making like comics like i don't know that single issues like while marvel and dc are leading uh the the, the lead shares of the industry like that's that's going to continue to be part of the business model like it it can't not be it's 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 the way it's built it's like having an engine without like engine parts like you can't do it do do you think that dc and marvel being who they are the big two and i guess to an extent uh, image now the big is is the third big one right do you think they have a oh, what's the word the use here not fiduciary con, uh, obligation but a a more not even a moral obligation but maybe a moral obligation to help bring this to the next level you know what i mean to allow people to have that time to get over this covid19 
and like because they dominate so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to get to where I'm going here, but I feel like because they make so much off of everybody else, they almost have a responsibility to make sure that by keeping things uh, going in a way until everything's clear that they can help the smaller publishers like the source points and like, you know, like um, AWA and all the other ones that are out there. There's so many, it's hard to even keep up, but you get what I'm trying to go here? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, my my gut reaction, and I think that this is probably the right one, is that that's that's ideal, but it's also idealistic. Um, I, I think that it's worth sort of recognizing what like Marvel and DC are as publishers, and you group them in with Image, and I'm gonna sort of counter yeah. that a little bit. Um, Image is, is a creator-owned publisher, and like while they are the third biggest publisher, their market share is less than 10%, whereas Marvel and DC are pulling about 30% each. Marvel is usually a little bit ahead of DC most months. Um, but like, you know, Image accounts for, for a, a small portion of what Marvel does, and the companies have very different functions and purposes. Um, this isn't a knock at Marvel or DC, um, but it's it's the reality of what it is. Marvel and DC are profit machines. Like they, the, the sole purpose of those companies is not to create good stories. That's a secondary function, and it's one that they achieve a lot of time. But they are there to make money. Um, they have spreadsheets, I'm sure, and they have a bottom line, and it's you know they put out a lot of books and they have to make a certain revenue and they have each book has to make a certain amount of money for the company and it all has to be done on a budget um bon alley magno is a guy who's in the comics industry he was a talent coordinator for uh, marvel back in i think 20 2009 through like 2011 um and he did a pretty good podcast with um, francis lombard i think uh over on a portrait of an editor which is a non-competing but also great podcast people should listen to um and he really dug into like how it works at marvel um and i think it's 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 important to recognize the function of the machine um whereas your image and your dynamite and and your source point presses and your awas and your vaults and your ahoys and and your <laughs> mad cave studios and like all these <laughs> small i mean i could keep going there are many um and that's a good thing yeah it's um, a very good thing but the, the function of those companies is, yes, obviously to turn a profit, but it really is um, more more creative an endeavor. Um, like SourcePoint Press lets me essentially do what I want with my stories. Yeah. They don't have to hit a certain mark to, to, to be considered profitable. They, they don't have to, you know, bring in a certain number of units. And, and like no, there's no corporatized pressure on me to do those things. It's great if they do. If they don't, it's disappointing and it could affect, you know, dead and kids to ever being a thing, uh, which it, it won't. I don't want to scare anybody. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah. So but like I think, again, like I, I respect what Marvel and DC do. It's an ecosystem. They play a specific role in it, and they do certain things inside of the machine of comics. Um, it is not the same as the function of, of the other publishers, and and there's nothing wrong with it. But it's you know, to uh, so the question you asked originally before I went on my tirade about machine parts and whatnot um, was was about the, their moral obligation. And and in an ideal world, yeah, they would do everything they can because they probably have the most power and resources to do it. 
in in the or in reality they only owe anything to their investors and to Disney. Well, what, what's scary with them is you have Disney for Marvel and you have AT and T for DC, and those are two old school corporate entities. Like like you said, they're they're it's the bottom line, and on top of that, their their comic book publishing. I can tell you right now. Well, I can't tell you right now. I can tell you, <laughs> uh, but certain people, certain companies, you know, they're publishing like a DC Comics. It accounts for less than two percent of the total revenue. So oh, it accounts for counts for less than that, like much, it, much, much, yeah. much less than that. For, for what it does, it's like for them, it's like, well, it's not worth keeping around, you know. And I, I would hope they would sell it to somebody who would who loves the industry. And I think that's what's missing from those two right now is the heart isn't as there as much as it, as it could be. You know, I think I would, I would much prefer DC and Marvel not be owned by those two big big companies. I would much prefer them be owned by people who actually are are there to make comics, not there to make IPs to make movies out of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was getting to. So I don't know, man, this is, this is a trying time. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's good to see people buckling down. I've been seeing a lot of goodness come out as well as the bad, but I've seen more good than bad with my neighbors uh, me and my, like, for instance, a couple weeks ago, I took my mom out to go shopping to do her groceries. Uh, this is before the whole isolation thing was really happening. It was at the very, very beginning of only go to the store when you, you know, if you need to, mm-hmm. uh, my mom is very stubborn. And so she wanted to go to the store. She didn't want to get cooped up. So we went to her local red apple market, which is a small grocery store. There was maybe 10 people in the store. They of course were out of toilet paper. Uh, they had one roll left, and when I got into the aisleway, the guy had just grabbed the last pack of six. And I was like, oh, I was, you know, we started talking. He's like, well, would you need the toilet paper? Was it for you? And I'm like, no, man, I'm actually getting it for my mom who's, you know, standing not too far away from me. He's like, oh, well, you take it. I'll just get a roll of paper towels, you know, and it just goes to show. I mean, it's just a small thing, you know, but you're literally in the middle of everybody freaking out about toilet paper and buying everything, which was ridiculous. Uh, but at the same time, this guy said, you know what? A uh, 79 year old lady needs a lot more than I do, you know, and, and graciously, cool. you know, and you're seeing some things like that, you know, and I hope that continues. <laughs> I think as things keep evolving, things get kind of more weird, but as a whole, it, I feel like there's been more help than, than not, uh, I'm concerned more with people's jobs, uh, especially people that are blue collar and their industry is deemed not necessary uh, or, you know, people are just aren't using whosoever services and that starts to go down. And then you're starting to see people lose their job and then unemployment only goes so far, no matter what kind of stimulus package they put together. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I'm, I'm concerned for that. I'm concerned yeah. that. Our, our unemployment rate is going to skyrocket. You know, I don't have any faith in the commander in chief that we are currently under. And it makes me, you know, this is what makes me nervous with this. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring this up um, because one of the things that, you know, in my personal belief is, is that we are at a point in, in the history of humanity where blue collar jobs should be being phased out. Like I, like, I don't want to say an entire generation of people need to sacrifice their income and livelihood, but a lot of those jobs can be automated. A lot of those jobs are, are, you know, 
for lack of a better fossils and relics of, of a, a bygone time. Like I, I feel for the people in the coal industry, but we don't need to be doing that anymore. But at the same time, like, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, like we are in a place where we don't need to do this. And we're, we're hanging on to these older ways of life in some regards and, and not moving forward and, and being modern. Um, like, like, I mean, they've released studies that say that, like, we don't need to do almost any blue-collar jobs. Like, and, and like, yes, getting the self-checkout at the grocery store means one less person has to, you know, have a job checking groceries. But that person can go pursue arts or become a scientist or a doctor. Like, and that's that's a little idealistic, and I recognize that. But when we free people from having to beyond manufacturing lines and and being steel mills and stuff like that they can go focus on other things um and again like it's going to take an entire generation like giving up their way of life to to make something like that happen but that's kind of like one of the things we're staring down the barrel of right now with with the landscape after this pandemic um it's true for the comics industry um you know it's kind of an adapt or die kind of thing but like I said, like when you burn down the forest, it grows back lusher. Um, no, assuming it grows back. No, we, we, we do need to survive this whole thing. So right. that, that, hey, that's a, a big point. Um, it's grown back tremendously. Yeah. I mean, we still don't want to go there, but the, uh, the forest is really coming back. The animals are coming back. Yeah. Uh, it looks amazing there right now. So that's on my top list of places I'd like to travel to, I would get cancer to go visit there on purpose. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, but the point remains the same. We'll get through this. You know, we'll it there might be a new norm where, hey, we're having a round of COVID nineteen come through, everybody stay home, you know, that might be a thing, but the human race is gonna go on and everything's gonna get back. I'm not ever gonna say normal, because what is normal in, in today's yeah. life? But standard, I guess. Standard, right. yeah. You're gonna have your comic book stores. DC, Marvel, most of your publishers are gonna be there. Frank's still going to be writing comic books. I and, hope so. Yeah, hopefully I will, we'll, we'll be but this podcast. Yeah, I will do this podcast forever, no matter what. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to get most episodes one way or another. Either through yeah. spirit, you guys can keep having me back, or I'll just do my own. I'll just come on and publish them myself, and like you'll be like, where the <laughs> these episodes come from? How did this happen? Oh my god! Why does Frank, I, 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 Frank keep saying, "Follow me for more recipes"? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Um, I love talking with you, man. I think you're you're a hoot. I mean, I, I, <laughs> the way you think, uh, I've all the, you know, we have almost 300 episodes, and so uh, when yours are coming on that I know you're on, then I make a point to listen. Uh, I do all me and Johnny do all the intros and outros before the I actual. I listened to my episode recently and and heard that, and you guys do a pretty good job. I like when you correct Casey. <laughs> it's like you know he got this date wrong um you try you try yeah <laughs> it's not often <laughs> there um, i feel like i just started fire yeah but seriously frank I, I i would love i think i think we should do this if if you're game and have you on like you know we'll come up with a schedule that works with you and with us Every and day, have a series just with Frank. Every yeah, day, daily with Frank. I, I'm, I'm certainly open to that, and and I, you know, right now I want to focus my energy on on helping 
keep this industry is you know within yeah the bounds of what i'm capable of influencing myself but um that's yeah i would love that so let me put you on the spot what are you doing to help your local comic book store unfortunately uh here in san francisco we've been on pretty much total lockdown for the last two weeks um which means like Comics are non-essential businesses, so shops haven't been open. So even like t- even though today was the last day, stores got new product. Like I couldn't get my my pull list this week. Um, so there's not there's not a whole lot I've been able to personally be doing for my shop specifically. Um, being a creator and being involved at a publisher and and being connected to many retailers, I, I've got a little more influence than the average person to to help facilitate things and stuff like that. Um, so uh, there's a, a private, a new private Facebook group that it's essentially like a who's who of the industry from creators to publishers to retailers um, outside of like a couple notable exceptions. Um, and like I've been I've been involved in there trying to participate in the conversations about like, you know, what what are options I've been fielding um on my own Facebook sort of suggestions from retailers. Like I said, like suggestions are going to kind of vary and be unique from shop to shop. But like if there is any sort of noticeable pattern across more than one or two shops, like it's something I want to be able to let other people know, like, cause you know, on my Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, I I've got fans now, however few there are, it's all six of them, all 10 of them. Um, But if I, if I if I can give them like an actionable thing they can go do for their shop that will be helpful. Like I would love to be able to get the word out. In terms of like what I'm specifically doing, um, I've put together a couple care packages, um, twenty care packages, uh, with copies of Grief and Dead End Kids. I just got the trade in my my copies in today, so I put in. Uh, I've got twenty care packages I'm putting together, and I'm going to send out to to retailers to have them have product coming into their store so that they have something to sell. Um, and I know some retailers are, are working on stuff like that. So I'm just trying to, you know, I have got these books. I I'm not at cons selling them. I'd rather, you know, eat the 60 or hundred dollars that I paid for the stock and, and help these retailers out and build those relationships and, and make sure that this, you know, industry is still here tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Um, the other thing I'm doing is just kind of watching. Um, like I, I like to think of myself as a, at least a little bit of a smart guy and like i i want to do a little more listening than than talking about the topic like i know that that kind of is silly since i'm talking so much right now but like i really think that there are a lot of good ideas out there and and there are a lot of people talking and sort of drowning out the ideas and i wish more people were listening to the good ideas so i'm just trying to do my part to take in like the relevant, important, actionable stuff that people are saying, and then the paying attention to the the very, very bright voices. Um, Brian Hibbs is uh, a local retailer here in San Francisco. He runs Comics Experience, uh, the shop, not the school, um, and he does the uh, the Tilting at Windmills uh, column that used to be on CBR and is now on the Beat. He's a really, really smart retailer. He's very data driven, so I've been listening to a lot of what he says. Um, Bon Alley Magno, who I mentioned earlier, is he worked for Marvel and he he did data science with Amazon, so he's really bright. So I've been paying a lot of attention to what he's saying, and I'm just kind of kind of like in a more of an intake mode than an output mode. Just kind of waiting to see like what the significant thing anyone can do is. Um, it, like if I had to give a couple pieces of advice, I'd say if your shop is open, keep shopping. Even if there's no new product, go check out those trades. 
that you've been eyeing up on that run. You know, if you want to read Hellboy, go pick up the trades. You know, um, if your shop has limited service, you know, try and partake in that as much as possible. If they're offering curbside, like have them deliver your fucking books. Like that's awesome. Like it sucks that they have to do it for this reason, but if I can get my books without leaving my house and you know, that's, that's not a bad deal. Um, if they're offering mail order, pay the five bucks. Like if you can, if you can handle it and like, you're, you're not going to be eating ramen or nothing because you spent $5 on getting your book shipped. Do you get your book shipped? Like, and if you're like me and your, your shop is closed outright, like, just you now reach out to your retailer via email and, and just see how they're doing. Like, you know, at the very least, like asking somebody how they are, like can be like a game changer when somebody's having a real shitty day. Like, and we all know that that's true. So, I mean, it doesn't even have to cost you anything. Um, kind of, we're, we're just depending on kindness right now, honestly, like that's going to drive all of this. Um, you mentioned earlier, I can't remember what made me think of this. Um, but I, I, I keep thinking back to like post Hurricane Sandy. Um, oh, you mentioned uh, the toilet paper thing. That, that's that's where I was going. Um, so like I remember uh, the the coverage of uh, Katrina down in New Orleans, um, and what we saw in the news was was mostly negative stuff. And we know you know that that's how news thrives. Like they they show negative, and that's that's fine. I understand what that is. But we, we saw lots of looting and, 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 and like all the, the sort of mal effects like homelessness and people living in the Superdome and, and, and houses being washed away. Um, but when I was in high school when Katrina happened, my boss, I worked at a, uh, a family owned department store in the clothing department. And my boss put together a big truck full of all of our like warehouse stock that wasn't like in season. And he drove it down to New Orleans to donate it and distribute it. And I went down with him. And I saw firsthand, like boots on the ground, like that, like there was lots of good stuff happening, lots of kindness, people taking care of one another, sharing water. Um, and when Hurricane Sandy hit in New Jersey back in 2012, like I saw a lot of the same. Like when we finally were able to go outside and like things were calmed down and like we could see the wreckage, like I also saw people sharing generators and having outlets that definitely violated fire codes with like hundreds of extension cords and different phone chargers just on people's porches for people to go use if they needed it and water being left out and and restaurants just cooking up all their food and giving it away because people i mean like it's the thing that i think is most important to look at right now is the positive like see the good in what's happening and 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 you know try to be part of that good like it's it sucks that it's these natural disasters and these these emergency situations that really show us who everyone is but time and time again i've been shown that like there are good people there are lots of good people and and they're they're all out there and you can be one of them too and like it's really important that we all do that right now out of breath (laughs) (laughs) that was great that's i think that's 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 the message that i think people need to, to hear right now they you need to be positive towards your your fellow human beings and just, you know, realize everybody's in this shitty situation and rich, poor, black, white, Chinese, whatever. You know, we're all suffering through this together and just realize kindness goes so far right now. It really does. And, um, yeah, I, I actually agree with 100% of everything you just said. Yeah. Also, I'd like to add, check in on your friends uh, and family members, especially uh, the people that in in the comic industry, there are a lot of people who are extremely insular. And uh, you think that would be a boon in a situation like this where you can't leave your house. But uh, 
they're insular to an even greater degree now. So the very minimal social interaction they were getting is now nothing. So check in on people. Make sure they're okay. Uh, check in on your buddies, uh, your grandparents, your friends. Uh, call your mom. Yeah. You know, little stuff like that. Video call. Can, yeah. If you can check in on somebody, do so. Just, you know, they might need your help and they might be able to help. Do you well, expect- and like I said, like it, it, it's honestly, it's a difference maker. Like, I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but like, you never know who's having a shitty day and just being like, Hey, how you doing? Like, could be the thing that like stops a suicide. Like, I mean, like that, that's a really drastic example, but like, it's, it's also very true. Like, you know, just letting people know that, yo, know, they're not alone right now is, is super important. It's always important, but it's more important now than ever. Yeah, people that have depression is a real thing. And if they're going, if they're already fighting depression, or they're on the verge of fighting depression before this happened, and now they're alone, oh man, I can't help but think of like right now. I have my nephew and his friend, and their two kids, and I have Tafin and I have Ella, and we're all in the same house and the same property. And there's a part of me goes, we're kind of lucky to have us all together because we have a small clique. You know, we have a we, we, we have a micro version of the macro society, you know, and we're able to interact and have that. But there's a lot of people that are stuck with nobody else there. And, and and on top of that, some of those people are so depressed. They're just sitting in their room and reaching out and letting them know, like Casey and Frank just said, letting them know they're not alone. It, it just goes so far. All right. The end. Yeah, I think that's as far as we can go for now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I I didn't say anything there because I didn't. There's nothing I can add to what was already said, and I agree with everything. I mean, yeah, I we're said, all counting on to come in with the clincher and I mean, uh, clincher down. I mean, I fail. I failed. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you guys said, said you everything. Said so it was so much more succinct than what I said too. Like, and I'm <laughs> I'm supposed to be the creative one here. <laughs> <laughs> well. Shit, man! I don't even know how to end this conversation now. Uh, uh, yeah, let's buy some fucking comics. Yeah, <laughs> buy some fucking comics. Support your comic shop. Check on your friends and family, and and just yeah, you know, keep your head up. Like yeah, always darkest before the dawn, and all those cliches, but they're true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, check out them there. Source Source Point Press Books. I hear they have a few really good ones out there. Um, uh, maybe by Mr. Frank Gogol. Uh, you know, at, at, on the day of this recording, uh, March 25th, uh, the Dead and Kids trade did become available in shops if anyone needs quarantine reading. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, I've been so good. I feel like I should be just a little bit shitty and like self-promotional. Also, as of today, No Heroin Number One is in pre-orders for those of you who have comic shops that are still functioning in some manner. Um, yeah, it's until such a time that the world stops spinning, uh, I'm gonna act like it's going to keep spinning. Yeah, the old Nick Fury. Uh, so I'm out here pushing the book. And if you heard the old interview with me and Casey from a couple weeks ago, or I guess that was January now, then you want to read a dope Buffy book in a few months when this is hopefully all over. Yeah, you can go pre-order that now too. Um, but really anything. Canto came out this week from David Boer and Drew Zucker. Amazing book. And then, like I said, there's tons of back stock at your local comic shop. I'm reading Hellboy right now. That book came out in the 90s. But yeah, now's the time to read it. Hellboy's great. Agreed. Well, Frank. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate yep. it. And um, let's 
keep the conversation going. If you guys are hearing this, you want to join in, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook, uh, check out Frank's Twitter page. He always has stuff going on. Always. I see you talking to people all the time. Uh, and you're not scared to vocalize your opinion. So just be ready if he doesn't agree with your opinion that you might get some some verbal back talk. Yeah, and if you try to talk hockey, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna walk away with your 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 pride hurt. So don't oh, bring that's a, that's a don't, don't bring that hockey talk up on my page. <laughs> so bring all the hockey talk to Google's page, please. I mean, if you think that Bobby Orr is a bigger goat than um, whoever that crappy. Tampa Bay quarterback is whatever his name is. Then yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Perfect ending. All right, guys, we'll see you soon. Frank, also, take- real quick. Oh, this if is. If you guys have any ideas <laughs> um, for what you can do for your local comic shops, if you have any amazing things that you can add to the conversation, let us know on social media. If you own a comic shop. And you have a novel way to approach this. Let us know. We need to get this information out there. And who would know better than the people actually on the front lines selling the comic books, slinging the floppies. Um, Yeah. You guys hit us up on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, FetLife. Thug Life? What? Thug Life. (laughs) SCPod.net, go there too. You can find us. Yeah, SCPod.net. Call us up there too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, let us Pornhub slash KCT Allen. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a great, great place to see wholesome videos. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's wholesome without the W, by the way. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> terrified to, yeah. I'm not going to carry that thought any further. I'll. I'll just end it there. You guys be safe. Frank, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you for making the time and doing it so fast. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, later. Well, there you guys go. Uh, I think... Succinctly, that kind of wraps everything into a bow for you guys. I don't know, John, you have any thoughts that you would like to express that maybe you didn't get a chance to during that call? I mean, I think my only, the only thing I want to express to everybody is, you know, stay home, stay safe and, uh, you know, just take care of your loved ones. Give them a call. If you have somebody you can't see, you know, use the, use the internet resources you have, you know, FaceTime people, Skype people in your life and just understand that even if you're not sick, you don't have symptoms you could get somebody else sick. So just take this shit seriously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just want to appreciate everybody tuning in. Hopefully we're giving you guys a little bit of entertainment outside of everything that's going on. And like Johnny said, just stay safe, stay in your homes for now. Actually, you know, if you have grandparents or parents that are not, you know, tech savvy, Instacart, is available in a lot of places and they are delivering from local grocery stores. Even if the grocery stores don't offer delivery, Instacart is delivering for them. They go there, they get the stuff that you need and bring it to your house. And if your parents or your grandparents can't get out, that might be a viable option for you to do for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I would suggest put the groceries on the, on the, on the, on the doorstep. They walk away, 
then your parents yeah. can open the door, disinfect the bag, disinfect everything yep. inside, and then go ahead and enjoy whatever they needed to get. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's crazy. I went to Costco yesterday, and I brought everything in through the garage, and then I wiped it all off. Then I got all my – I cleaned myself off, and then I brought it inside after I had done all that. You know, it wasn't – and that's probably after reading some stuff, it's, that's way more cautious than you need to be because it, yeah. the, the risk of getting it off of like groceries or is pretty, pretty small. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. If I have the time, the resources, I'm just going to do it. Yep. Yep. And Costco is actually doing a really good job if people have gotten there yet. Uh, my local Costco, which is the same that Johnny uses, they are disinfecting every cart as soon as somebody brings it back. It gets so they will not let somebody take it until it's gone through a disinfecting spray. It's kind of crazy. And then you go in yep. and then they will offer to disinfect the cart again for you. And then as you go to the cashier, they have sneeze guards up that they didn't have yep. before. They have huge sneeze guards up. And if you go to the pharmacy, they have somebody there that as soon as you go up to the pharmacy, somebody comes in behind you and disinfects the whole countertop and everything for every single person that's coming after you. So yeah, Costco seems to really get it. And they're doing the things Safeway, that they need to do. Safeway, too. When I was at Safeway, they were doing the same thing. They disinfected all the carts. They have two people yep. outside wiping everything down. They had the Safeways put lines in at the uh, cash registers so you know how far back six feet is so everybody can stay back. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a really I good mean, it's, thing. It's not awesome. It has to happen, but it's good that they're taking it seriously. <laughs> yeah. It's good that they're doing, they're taking that extra step. They don't have to do that, you know, but they're taking that extra yeah. step, trying to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And uh, yeah. All right, guys, stay safe, really. Stay home and yeah, reach out. If you're somebody out there that's depressed, reach out. Johnny and I will yeah. talk to you the whole time. We'll talk your ear off. Yeah. yeah we'll talk your ear we'll off. We'll go man. back and forth on Twitter like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> All night long, yeah. for sure. So there you guys go. Okay. I think right now, what we always sign off with is important more than ever before because we don't just say it because we want you to get smarter because we do uh, we yeah. just feel that reading is super important for everybody and yeah this is the perfect time to be reading to catch up to invest and check out new interests and you can't do that unless you open your mind and read more